Greetings and welcome to episode 3.10 of my podcast. This time we are on a rowing boat out on the lake in the early morning. A few days ago, I published a book of sheet music of my first large-scale composition called An Iceland Symphony, a theatrical symphony for all ages. This is a work consisting of 21 sections, and it calls for musicians of all ages, from the youngest to the oldest. This was an important consideration for me. After I had started writing this symphony, in early 2019 in Iceland, after I realized I was writing a work that would have to be called an Iceland Symphony, that was the only fitting title, I realized that I couldn't do that without involving all of Iceland and all Icelanders. That meant children as well as teenagers as well as adults. I came to feel that way particularly because I had come to see Iceland as a place where childhood is still possible in a way that it may not be in many other places. And because Iceland was also the place where I had heard the purest children's voices. Once when I was doing my grocery shopping, I was struck by the voice of a little girl. I believe it was a little girl. I didn't turn to look because I wanted to respect the privacy of the family. She was there at least with her father because the first word I heard from her as I was continuing to go about my business, even though at that moment I was so struck by that that my eyes actually stung because of this quality of an actual child's voice. The first word I heard from her was puppy, meaning father. That was one of the first words I had learned to recognize. I had heard it from another Icelander. What struck me about that voice immediately was that it clearly was the voice of a child who had had a genuinely happy childhood in a safe, good family. Maybe no family is perfect, but there are such things as good families and bad families. There are good conditions to grow up in and bad conditions. She was clearly one from a loving, caring family. And she had had, it came through so clearly in the voice, a good childhood. Nothing really terrible had happened to her. It was thoughts like this that made me feel that in a full live performance of this work, there would need to be children as well as adults taking part in the performance. I wanted it to be a symphony that acknowledges children as being equally important as adults.
not even more important, they are the future. How their lives go will determine how our futures go and how our collective future goes. Likewise, I felt it must include also people of more advanced years and this too relates to what I had observed in Iceland. There is a respect towards elders in Iceland in general. Of course, this doesn't apply to every single person in any country in the world, but compared to how I had seen things to be in my own country of birth, Finland for example, and many other places, that respect and appreciation exists in Iceland to a very noticeable degree and I really value that. An Iceland Symphony is a work that I created with the idea that it should be possible to enjoy both in this time and also far into the future. That's one of my aims in everything that I do creatively these days, to make something that can last and be enjoyed far beyond the time of creation. One thought that struck me when I first heard it many years ago was composer Philip Glass's statement that you can't write for the present. If you do, by the time your work gets out there, that moment will have already passed. So you have to write for the future. He had, of course, been doing that ever since he started creating his own musical language. And when I started doing that for myself, creating my own different musical language, I did it with that aim also in mind. I wouldn't be happy creating something that would have a chance of having an audience only for a week or two, or a month, or a few years at most. Another principle that I applied to this work was that my own taste and feeling and intuition had to be the absolute and only guides to what I was doing. It's worth mentioning that this is not a symphony in a form that has existed until now as far as I know. This combination of approaches, structure and uh, the theatrical elements. It's called theatrical for several reasons. It calls for certain stage actions, staging decisions, and lighting effects. And as I mentioned in the introduction of the book, a full performance of the work should never be undertaken without including those elements. They are important and meant to go hand in hand with what's being heard. It's meant to be a full theatrical experience. Those performance instructions are given on the text page that precedes each of the 21 sections in the Book of Sheet Music.
this requirement I just mentioned doesn't apply to performing individual sections from the full work. Concert performances of those separately would be a different matter. I will also make a concert suite of a few sections from this work and that is intended for concert performance without the theatrical elements, the performative elements beyond the musical performance. It's also theatrical because the best place to perform it would be a concert hall or a theater with a stage, ideally curtains, and lighting that can be changed during the performance to achieve the required effects and naturally enough room for all the instruments and stage action and musicians called for. Publishing the sheet music was only the first step out into the world for this work. Ultimately, I hope there will be a full and fully staged performance of this work. As for my own next steps with it, I'll be making that concert suite and I will continue working on versions of at least these few pieces done with virtual instruments, which could be released individually, naturally. An ideal form of this work would be as performed by living musicians. The version I have of this work in an audio form consists of those 21 sections, but in a very simple form. They are simply the output from the notation app, the sheet music app where I wrote this work. So they are not meant for actual release as recordings, but they are a helpful rough guide to how this work would sound. So I have started slowly and carefully, selectively sharing these rough audio versions with a handful of people. I would also be happy to share them with any prospective performers of this work or writers on music who would be interested to learn more about this work. I can be reached easily on several social media. And if you happen to know someone to whom this work might possibly be of interest, please do mention it to them. The Book of Sheet Music is now on Amazon as both a paperback and an ebook. I would love to talk more about this work, but I reminded myself of something someone somewhere said. I forget who it was. The secret to being a bore is to tell everything. So I think it is wisest for me to wait until somebody asks before talking more about it. This is a work I really believe in. There are a few pieces in it, one or two sections in particular, that I would be very happy to be remembered for. They capture things and feelings 
that I value in life and that are really important to me. This was episode 3.10, a little rowing, some thoughts on an Iceland symphony, and a return to more regular podcasting. If you have any thoughts to share on anything you heard, don't be shy. While it's morning as I record this, I'll follow my tradition and say good night. Take care.